and we're going to hear about their trip. There's no video. The video's... No video. We'll get it sometime. No video today. No. Okay. So, Richard, I'm going to start with you because you're closest. Uh, I was given a list of questions that the team made up, so, you know, keep that in mind when I'm asking them. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, they really did make the questions, though. Um, okay, so, Richard, what were the most impactful moments for you? When we're down there, we get put with a group of people that we've never worked with, And how all of us, I mean, you could feel God working through us, how he just put us all together, and the house stood up. I mean, it was amazing to see how a group of people that have never worked together can do that. And I think the mo- one of the most impactful things was the dedication, giving the house to them as all of us pass the keys around and talk to them and pray for them, and it was just it was touching. So how are you going to take this with you in your everyday life now that you're back? Not take things for granted that we have. And where did you see or feel God? Oh, he was there the whole time with us. Uh, Like I said, putting us all together to watch how the house went up, worship. I, I posted videos of it, but the worship, I mean, you could... In the mornings, it was we'd go in and worship, and you could just feel him in all of us. And then at the end of the night, we're all so tired. We're like, oh, we want to sleep. And then we'd go to chapel and worship, and it was just that uplifting again. I mean, you could just feel that he was there, and he guided us through it all. All right. Thank you, Richard. Anything else you want to share? I thank all of you that helped get, to get us down there, and it was, it was great. Who's next? All right, Caleb. So tell me, Caleb, what was the most impactful moment for you when you were in Mexico? Um, with uh, the two daughters, and we were just in the van that they slept in eating, and then they were trying. We were all trying to figure out how old we each were. So you had some good connection with the the other kids that were there. That's great. Um, And how do you think that this trip is going to affect you when you go back to school? I don't know. (laughs) That's okay. Uh, Can you think of a time when you were down there where you really felt like God was there and you could feel him moving around? Um, All the time. Like. Thank you, Caleb. Okay, Cody. (laughs) Do you want to say anything about your trip, Cody? What do you want to say? Speak right into the microphone. It was really fun. (laughs) That's That's okay. Okay. We'll come back to Carly. Apparently, I'm next. (laughs) Okay, Kim. What were your most impactful moments? Um, meeting the family and finding out that the dad knew English. Um, because before, I've had a really big problem, like, 
trying to communicate with the families because they don't speak English. So you have to have somebody there who knows it and communicate. But that way you could communicate with the dad and talk to the mom and the daughters and stuff from there. Um, and then just how much um, the family helped with building. They helped way more than any other family has before. Um, just they asked what we needed done and we showed them and they did it. Um, and so how do you see this trip affecting your life as you go forward? Um, probably, well, and then there was another thing. At the border, because we rode with somebody from there, um, one of the guys, they're always trying to sell you stuff there. Always trying to sell, their, sell you stuff and make money. Well, this one guy was just talking about how like God has impacted his life, because he used to be in a gang and everything. And so we just sat there and listened to him. Sorry, I don't want to feel like I'm eating it. <laughs> You got, you got to eat it. Okay. I know. <laughs> and so um, we just sat there and listened to him until he couldn't go any further. And he told us, like, how he was a gang member and then has come to know God and stuff like that. And most of the time, people don't want to listen. They're just like, I just want to go. Like, I don't want to listen. You're trying to sell me stuff. And so, yeah. So then, like, that ties into that question you just asked. Because yeah. um, sometimes I just, like, shrug people off. And I'm like, I don't want to listen to you. So... Um, I feel that I should take more time to listen to people and hear what they have to say instead of just like, no, I'm on a mission, like I have to get going and stuff like that. That's good. Uh, where did you see, feel God, see or feel God moving? In Well, I don't want to take the same answer as everybody else, but really it was like the whole time we were there. Like yeah. um, one morning, one of the guys that was in our group, he was trying to get his new front dentures done and so we ended up being at the site like an hour later than everybody else and I was just so frustrated and everything and I just kept to myself I was like all right we'll get there when we get there so that was like a big moment because otherwise I would have freaked out so <laughs> that was the best one that's good so you God moved in you yeah. that was good all right you can say something all right okay. all right well um one of the moments was uh, probably like our struggle for protect perfection that we have here a lot. And my my moment was, as I've told them this a million times, but it was when uh, the little boy Mauricio, uh, he really liked cars since he was like, what, four months, five months? Since he, was, he could barely even walk. Anyways, uh, I had uh, some scrap wood that I made like I tried to make a truck out of, but I couldn't because I couldn't uh, have anything act as a wheels. But what Mauricio did was he got, he got uh, bottle caps. And with the bottle caps, he handed them to me to hammer them onto the truck. And I was trying to tell him, they, they don't spin. It's not a truck. They don't spin, that kind of thing. But then his dad, um, Mauricio told his dad that he liked it a lot. He actually cried because I didn't want to finish it because we didn't have the wheels for the truck. As simple as it is, I mean, it's, it's, it's a big thing because, like I said, we try to struggle for perfection. And they've got nothing, and a little scrap wood truck is like the world to him. And uh, after I got done putting it together, I was, you know, kind of disappointed because I couldn't get the wheels to spin. But uh, his dad told me he only wanted it to look like a truck. And so that's one of the moments that I've seen because uh, it was one of his, it was a toy that, that was garbage, and it's, to us, it, it's still garbage. But for him, it's like a huge, huge thing. 
And another time that I've seen it was um, was with our driver Jim. His his uh, the whole situation with that, and uh, we actually waited. What was it, like thirty minutes or so for him to get done with it, and we actually got there. What was it, five minutes or so before we actually needed to be there and got everything done? Was it the same day, right? Yeah, but we were there way later, and then we ended up being later getting everything done. Oh, well, one of the days we were stressed out because we want, we're afraid of being late, but we ended up being earlier than we thought we would. So that's that's one of my moments that I've seen God working was was making stuff work in his way and not ours. How is this going to impact you going forward? Um, probably just kind of not taking stuff for granted like I do. Like my work, you know, just getting pretty much anything that I want when I want it. You know, that kind of deal. And uh, just kind of enjoying what I what I have instead of trying to make things bigger or better. Just just uh, be happy with what I've got instead of trying to make it better. Because they, they have nothing, and they're, I mean, this guy, he got taken from the U.S. to Mexico, and he still has four people he's got to support, three people he's got to support. I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so so if this guy can, can do it and he has nothing, I'm pretty sure I can do it with something, you know. <laughs> oh, and another moment is uh, the language barrier was was kind of one of my worries. This is for for a God moment, but uh, him and Mauricio actually made a game. It was uh, protecting the puppy, and they they played like there was nothing going on. Mauricio would say something, Tegan would be like, "What?" <laughs> you know, but he would understand what he's saying because the motions that Mauricio was doing, and they ended up you know having fun for the whole day. So. Thank you, Justin. You want to have anything, Tegan? Are you sure? Okay. All right. It was really helpful. Thank you, Cody. All right, Carly, it's on. You just got to... Well, then flip it back. Somebody... Hello? There you go. Yeah. You're good. Okay, Carly, what was the most impactful moment or moments for you on this trip? Well, I've got stuff to say before that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm just reading what they gave me. Go. (laughs) So to give you kind of a bigger picture of our, our team here not a very big team that went this year. Not a, I got designated as the leader. So we, we go down there, and we partnered up with Cascade, Glenn, and Marianne, whom were fantastic. We weren't, yes, these guys have been there before. Our family has not. And the one that hasn't been there before is the leader. Okay? So I, have no, I know nothing of where we're going. All I can hope for and pray for is the best. We get on the plane, get off the plane, which I hate to fly. I hate to fly. Um, and we meet up with Marianne and, and, and uh, no, Tom and Gail. Fantastic people. They picked us up, us orphans up at the, at the, you know, the airport. Like, we really felt like orphans because we didn't know anything there. 
All these other groups were huge and big, and all these other churches are, we were told that Riggins was going, and they were a small group. That was not a small group. That was a big group, very big group. And um, I chose to do VBS partly while I was down there, and instead of getting a ride to VBS, I chose to walk, which these, their two teenage daughters were going to guide me the way. Language barrier. They speak fluent Spanish, no English. I don't speak any Spanish. Very, very quiet walk. Well, on the walk down there, like you're, you're trying to buy your garbage and dogs, vicious, vicious dogs, and garbage. Like just, it's just piled there. I'm like, oh, let's go this way. At least I think that's what they said because I just followed them through the garbage. And we went to this little church, which to us would be like a small shack. And these moms were, and these kids were coming in, and they're all coloring. And then these moms are 14, 15, 16 years old with these toddlers. And they want to color just as much as their children do. Um, there was this one boy named Jesus, cute little thing. He had a cleft palate, and he, she was using um, popsicle sticks and medical tape around the elbows to keep him from putting his fingers in the mouth. Genius! Like, when you think of the money that we spend on childproofing, and all we need is medical tape and popsicle sticks, this is genius. He was the cutest little thing, and it was, it was interesting because that's not something we're used to seeing here. Um, yes, we hear of teen moms. Normally, they're not as young as 14. And we had grandmas that were 30 years old with their two five-year-old little kids. And we had elderly people coming in and coloring, and, and it, was, it was a very, very exciting. And to see Cody, as you all know, Cody like grabs life by the handles and just kind of goes. Um, the, she's laughing and playing with these Spanish kids. None of them speak the opposite language, and they're they made it work, and, and it, was, it was really neat to see them just kind of come together without a language being an issue. I mean, how many times do your kids find kids at the park to play with and they don't even know their name, right? Um, what was the other part? Oh, um, we went to church, their Spanish church, which was really, really very impactful, and I did not know compliments to um, Justin, who videotaped my speech there at the church, um, on Facebook. I didn't know that I was supposed to be talking in front of <laughs> all these people, Spanish-speaking people, and the translation was really weird. It was, it was a really weird experience. But I think the part that got me was the Francisco, the pastor of the church, you know, we all did like this, like held hands around the church, and we all prayed. Well, the guy on my right was like 10 feet tall. No joke. His fingers were like German sausages, right? So my little tiny little hands fitting into his big old glove right here. We're all, we're all holding hands. And the pastor on this side, Spanish speaking, he's got the microphone like this. We're all, we're all praying. And every time he'd get into it, like his elbow would get like, like this. And I'm trying so hard to get into this, this thing with this, you know. And, and there were so many distractions going on. And once, you know, you kind of focus in, you can hear the noise, but you can't hear English. You can't hear Spanish. It's just noise. And for me, I felt God telling me, obviously not to like, not that I thought going to Mexico was going to change my life and make me a better American, um, but it's a good place to start. And it really made me, again, like I've said before, very proud to be an American. And God has blessed our country in so many ways, but not to hoard our, our blessings. It's not to hoard it. We're supposed to give it. 
And I feel like months leading up to our trip, we were defending why we were going down there. Why go to Mexico? Why? We have poor people here. We have kids here. We have, why go to Mexico? Why not go here? Why not? Well, not everybody's called to go to Mexico. Not everybody's called to go live in the West Central Community <laughs> Center or area, neighborhood. Um, I think that if everybody was, did what they were called to do, we would see a lot of transformation in, in globally. So it wasn't just, just that. But I, I'm sorry, I lost it. Yeah. If everybody did what they were called to do, whether it be serving at the Union Gospel Mission Thanksgiving, whether it be going all the way to Mexico when you hate to fly, um, the world would be so much better. No, I'm not. I'm done. James, I'm not. That, no. That, that's great. That's great. And, I, and I'm doing good. This world would be a better place. And when you're going down there, like, you see, and the most, like, Ensenada, like, you go to Costco, and their guards have shotguns, okay? It was really, a, no joke. Caleb's like, where do I buy one of those, <laughs> right? Um, they had, like, this Barbie, which was really weird, like, this human, hum, like, a real human in a Barbie box, I re- which I think was really a man. But she had, like, long blonde hair, and they got their picture taken with Barbie, Where's the other one? He didn't. Um, as a parent, it's interesting because I got so much of why would you take your kids with you? That place is so dangerous. Why would you take your kids with you? I couldn't have imagined of when going without my children. When you go without your kids, what an experience to give them. Um, Cody, it's hard to say really how much she got out of it. She did lose a tooth while we were down there. So she, the Spanish tooth fairy gave her some pesos the next morning. Um, so, I mean, she, she did do good. It's hard, you know, but I think she would, she would do good no no matter where she went. Caleb is interesting because he's such a hard worker. This boy was out there and he was working, working, working. Um, so it was, it was, I couldn't imagine of not going without them. Um, so I didn't come back feeling guilty for the stuff that I have. I felt more um, compelled to serve in more areas maybe here and maybe, you know, will I go back to Mexico? Probably. Um, but I'm really, really glad and very blessed that we came. The Marianne, no, when we were at the church, the past Francisco asked the people that were building the house to stand. We were only six people that stood to build one house. There was adults. Two, that's two, there two, and then Marianne and Glenn. We not only were the smallest group by far, but we had our house built before anybody else did. And Marianne said, I want first free on our team every year. She goes, this is an amazing group. This isn't just a good group. This is an amazing group. And I was, and she was talking this up left and right of how proud of this group she was. Um, and one little girl at VBS was like, oh, she was in another church. So how are you guys doing with being in the smallest group? And this is before I really realized we were the smallest group. I'm like, oh, is that what they're saying? Is that what's going on? Okay. Now, in the past, when, when we've gone, they've built one house. They built three houses and working on a Ronald McDonald house, which isn't like a Ronald McDonald. It's called the House of Mercy. So they had four projects going on. So when you watch our video at some point, 
you'll see four different projects going on at one time. So it was a big, big group. And I'm grateful that it was a smaller group because I think, like, if James and Abby would have gone because they're natural leaders, it would have been easy for us to hide behind Abby and James and let Abby and James take care of it all and just go. Well, we didn't have an Abby and James with us. <laughs> so we really had to, like, sit back, and we were like the orphans of the group. Like, we just kind of, like, had to make our way through, and we made it back into the States, and it, and it was an amazing experience. I was glad to come home, very glad to come home. Yeah, I break some barriers. Um, what? Oh, the dog. Okay, I got to tell you about the dog. Okay, so, like, within minutes... After we get there, a puppy shows up. Now, you all know how we are with our dogs. Well, we're walking and walking, and there's this, this like, skinny little pit bull. Like, he was little. Skinny ribs showing. Well, we're walking through with the Spanish-speaking girls that don't speak any English. And this dog comes at us, and they start picking up rocks, and they're chucking them. And I'm like, oh, my God, don't throw rocks at this dog. No, no, no. And then this dog came after me. Throw the rocks! Throw the rocks! Throw the rocks! I had no problem how big them rocks were thrown. I didn't even care. So that was my near-death experience while I was down there. Anyway, so that kind of sums it up. Thank you. Carly. If you want to hear more, invite us over for dinner. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Do that because I'm sure that they all have experiences that they weren't able to share that um, touched their lives and um, could touch yours. If, they, if you give them a chance to tell you about it. What is this? Here. Oh. Yeah. yeah. This, is a, this is a letter that the family wrote us pretty much for thank you. It says, we are the Vargas Herrera family. We want to thank you all for being a great blessing for us here in Mexico. We are very grateful for all the thank you very much, not only for the beautiful home, but for the beautiful life experience you have all left in our hearts and thoughts, not physically knowing you from here in Sonata, Mexico. We send you our prayers for God to bless you always. We would like you all to visit us one day. You all, you all showed us the love of God. God is great and merciful. Praise Jehovah in the name of Jesus. And it's got all their pictures on it. and We'll have, uh, probably next week, we'll have one with color pictures they're going to send to us. So. That'll be great. Thank you, Richard. All right. um, So thank you guys for representing us, and um, we're proud of you. Okay. um, We're going to go ahead and move on with our service now. Um, So... uh, 